Well, so excited that you're in church today, and Easter was awesome. Who's here on Easter? Yeah. What a great day. I think every day should be Easter. You know how you invited your friends to Easter? Invite them to church any day. I know it's cool in here, and so we'll, we'll adjust some of that. Um, but today... Uh, I want to celebrate a minute before we get into the message. There was 370 people here on Easter. Woo! That's pretty awesome, isn't it? But the biggest and the best number is six people said yes to following Jesus. Come on, church. I think we can celebrate it a little bit more than that. Amen. Amen. That's a pretty big deal. So keep praying for those people. And, and uh, what Pastor Mark said is right. We may be the only representation of Christ to people around us. Amen? And so we need to be willing to disciple others. We need to be willing to step out of our little comfort zone and help people along the path. Someone helped you, didn't they? Right? Someone helped me. So we need to help the next ones coming along. Um, I love what's going on in our church. I love our midweek meetups. And so if you're not there yet, come on out. Ephesians 2 coming up this week and our growth track. And uh, is anybody ever hungry? Is anybody in the room? There's a couple people that get hungry once in a while. Anybody else? About half of us. Who's hungry right now? I was thinking about this message today. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if I could just bring everybody a loaf of bread today? Because this message is entitled, I am the bread of life. Can we adjust some of the air? Maybe pop it up a, a one or two or something. Get those off for a minute. Give everybody some. There. Praise the Lord. Um, even I'm cold today, so I got to move around a little bit more. But I am the bread of life. There's, Jesus has these seven statements throughout Scripture, and it starts with, I am. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. Today, we're going to talk about this one. I am the bread of life. Now, we all physically get hungry, Right? We're going to have a barbecue for the men because I know they're going to be hungry at some point in their life. That's coming up soon. But do you know that God wants us to be, have a spiritual appetite? And that is why we come to church. That's why we open up the Bible. That's why we worship because God has given us a spiritual appetite. And he is the bread of life. So before we get to the scripture, we're going to, if you want to open up your Bibles to John 6, uh, we're going to be walking verse by verse through John 6 today a little bit. But I want to tell you about a guy named James Smith. Have you ever met a James Smith? James Smith. Is there any James Smiths in the room today? Well, let me tell you about James. James is a pilot really good pilot. He's from Wisconsin. Him and his wife just bought a house. Her name is Ashley. They 
love going, when they take trips to the West Coast, they like to go to In-N-Out Burger. Any In-N-Out Burger people? Never been, never, never had it. I don't know. Um, but he's one of those active people. He likes doing marathons. Any marathon people in the house? Anybody like to do the half marathon? Who likes to just walk to the mailbox? Like, that's your thing for the day. I'm just going just gonna to get over there to the mailbox. <laughs> yes, I know you. You're my friends. He loves to travel. Even though he's about my age, he still likes to play with Lego. Any Lego people? I know you all say Legos with an S. Any Lego people in the house? Couple people. Man, James, he even likes hockey. You know what? I have no idea who James is. I looked him up on Facebook. You know that James is the most popular name in the United States, James Smith? So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to look up a James Smith. You know, there's a huge difference between knowing about somebody and knowing someone. Right? Man, we can open up the Bible today. We can know all about Jesus. But do we know Jesus? Do we have a relationship with Jesus? We have acquaintances, right? We, have, we see people in movies, and we, we, all, we know all about our sports figures. But if they saw you somewhere, would they know who you are? Would you know all the intimate details about their life, their fears and their emotions and their struggles? To know someone is to know intimate details about their life. To know James, I'd have to call him up and at least start a conversation with him. Church, how many times have we missed it that we're like, oh, I've got all these facts about Jesus. But do we know Jesus? Or do we just know about him? We can become cultural Christians, can't we? Well, I live in the South. I'm in the Bible Belt. You know, we've got fried chicken, church, and country music. The three C's. Right? Woo! But we can become cultural Christians, can't we? And I'm just declaring I'm a Southerner because I became an American in Florida, so that makes me a Southerner, okay? My in-laws used to call me a Yankee. I'm not a Yankee. I'm from Canada originally. So now I'm a Southerner. Is that okay? I'm declaring it today. Put it in the newspapers. Woo! Just, I'm just saying it. You can be whoever you want to be, right? Thinking about Jesus is not the same as believing in Jesus. Knowing facts about Jesus is not the same as believing in Jesus. Understanding how Jesus saves a person doesn't mean you are saved, and it doesn't mean you believe in Jesus. You just know some ideas and facts, right? So my question for you today, before we get any closer to the Scriptures, do you, are you hungry do you have a spiritual appetite to get to know Jesus more? I see lots of people, yes, that's me. Right? We can have this natural appetite. Right? You're like, today I'm going to go to the roost. 
after and have some breakfast for lunch. Right? We can have this natural appetite. But do we have a supernatural appetite for the things of God? I want to open up the Bible. I want, to, I want to be together with my friends and open up Ephesians on Wednesdays or call up a friend and pray with them or open up my Bible before I open up Facebook. Do you have an appetite for Facebook? Or do you have an appetite for the Lord? Do you have an appetite for your next Netflix whatever video, movie, or do we have an appetite for Jesus? That's a good question, isn't it? And this message is all about understanding our appetite in Jesus' statement, I am the bread of life. Can we stand? We're going to read the word together. I'm going to read a little bit here for you so you can kind of get an idea of of the context here. Jesus had just fed 5,000 men, and they don't even know. There were so many women and children that they didn't even count them. So probably like 15,000 people, he, he, he uh, fed them the loaves and the fish. There was some bread involved in this situation. And look, here's what happens. After the people saw, everybody say saw, saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. We're going to skip ahead, but that's not... Uh, go home and make sure you read all of this, okay? When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, also teacher, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you know, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Pretty good job, isn't it? So they asked him, verse 30, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, once again, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is from my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Sounds like the woman at the well with the water, doesn't it? Give, oh, yeah, I want that water. Verse 35, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that you have blessed. Lord, we pray that today you speak to us through it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, you may be seated. Say hey to your neighbor. Say hey, are you ready, neighbor? Say neighbor, you better not fall asleep. 
Because Pastor Landon will wake you up. And he will turn the air up higher or colder. So today I want to, I want to talk about three things. Everybody say three things. I want to talk about three ideas that Jesus exposes these three things in the crowd and he wants to expose them in you today, right? They asked him, like, where were you? Well, he didn't tell them where, you, where he was. He, he used this as a teaching moment. He used this to expose the crowd to some things that they needed to know about. So number one, Jesus exposes our need. Does anybody have needs today? I'm not talking about wants, like, I want a Ferrari, I want a mansion, I want a this or that. Do, do you have needs today? Yeah. Look what it says in John, and we'll, we're, we're going to walk through the verses here. John, s- write that down first, sorry. I don't want to rush you. John six twenty six says this. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. They're like, our needs, like, my, I'm hungry. Where's Jesus? I want another one of those cool, like, fish and loaves moments where he just feeds all of us. And then we're, they're going to find him at breakfast and lunch and dinner the next day, right? That's what they think their need is. Church, do you, we have ideas of what we think we need. Oh, I need that relationship, right? I need that next best thing. I, I don't need this job. I need that job. And we're filling this need in our life, in our heart, that, that cannot be filled unless we partake of Jesus because he is the bread of life. Life is quite the word, isn't it? And so... He's exposing what they think their need is. Well, I need Jesus because he's the next meal ticket, right? I need this person in power because in the United States, because of X, Y, and Z, it'll fill my need. They said that they would do this if they became the governor or the mayor or the president. Don't trust any of them. They're not going to do it. That's not political, right? I don't think so. Okay. But he's saying that's not your actual need. Here's your need. And then they, they bring up the manna, right? They're like, well, remember, you know, your people were in the wilderness and you gave them pretty much like bread from heaven and they they had their fill and they you took care of them so they start thinking that okay Jesus is going to just take care of those physical needs but we know hopefully that he's going to take care of more than just our physical needs he's going to take care of the most important thing our spiritual needs How's your life? Look, the Greek has two words for life. Bios, B-I-O-S, and zoe, uh, Z or Z-O-E. Bios is life physically. It's just your physical life. And then there's zoe, life, living, being, spirit, eternal. 
you have a Zoe need this morning, church, and you're trying to fill it with your bios. You're trying to fill it physically. We try to fix it, and we, we try to figure out our need, and we try to fill it with all sorts of things, right? And we can list them all today, right? If we want to, we can list them all down the line, and entertainment, and drugs, or alcohol, or people, or money, whatever it is for you. And we try to fill it with all of these different things. So one of the big questions would be, what are, what are we feasting on today for our spiritual life? What is it that we're trying to fill it with? The crowd was willing to support Jesus as he gave them what they wanted. Bread. Anybody liked grandma's homemade bread? Or rolls? Oh my goodness. My grandmother could make the biscuits. My other grandmother, homemade biscuits. Yes. Homemade bread. You know what? Even Walmart, a dollar, you can get like homemade bread. It's awesome. <laughs> I wanted to bring all of you, but go get some. I don't promote Walmart, just, no. But it's easy to criticize how the crowd loved Jesus for the bread, isn't it? That he gave them. But we often only love Jesus for what he gives us. You're like, that's not me. We have to love Jesus for who he is. Look, we look at Job's story, don't we? Sometimes sometimes we skip over, like, I don't want to read Job's story. To be honest with you, I don't know if I've ever preached a whole sermon on Job. It's depressing. Loses family, like, this guy had the worst, but the, the enemy comes along, will curse God and die. And Job's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't love God because of all the things that I have. I love God because he's God. And that's very hard for us to say on hard days, isn't it? So it's a little bit of a wrestle there, and then we go a verse further. Jesus exposes our need. John 6, 27 says this. Jesus tells them, Don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Stamp, you're, he's sealed. This is who you follow. Because a lot of times in our physical life, we work, 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 work. We're busy, busy, and it's like a badge of honor. How are you? Busy. Oh, good, good. How are you doing? Busy. And we just keep working for stuff that doesn't last. When God is saying right here in the scripture, work for the food that endures to eternal life. Listen, we have to work, right? Paul says, if you don't work, you don't eat, right? If you don't work, you don't eat. That should be in our founding documents, I think. However, we got to get by, of course. 
you know, I'm not saying don't work. Please work. But also, on top of that, God is saying the spiritual things, following me, being with the body of believers is the food that you need. Amen? None of those other things will fill you for eternity, but God will fill you. Number two, everybody say two. Jesus exposes our motivations. Motives. Look what he says to the crowd here. John 6, 28. Remember, they're looking for Jesus. Where's Jesus? We need our next meal. Right? The guy who just fed all of us. We were there. It's amazing. By the way, they're starting to film uh, season three of The Chosen. Woo! Yeah. And um, there's probably going to be a scene from this. But imagine he's feeding all these people, and now they're like, where did Jesus go? We're hungry again. Look what he says, verse 28. Then Jesus asked him, what must we do? Sorry. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? They're like, there could be like a checklist here. Give us a checklist. We can get it all done because we really want this bread again. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and as written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. I don't think they're quite getting it yet. They're just kind of like, like, what bread is this? And we laugh, right? But we don't always get it. <laughs> what, what bread is this? I love that the job, because he's trying to figure out their motives, like, why are they following me? I'm just going to get, Jesus, I think, is like, I'm just going to get to the punchline here. Believe in me. That's your job. Church, guess what your job is? Believe in Jesus. And all of the other things will stem from that. And Jesus is pretty much saying, you're not here for me, you're here to get the benefits of being around me. What work can I do? Like, can I just give, like, tithe? Will that take care of it? Like, can I just do like, I just want to work on this. I just want to be on the serve team. Will that, will that be the work I need to do? Or I need to go feed some people or do this or that. No, no, that's not on the list. Believe in me. 
Come to me for relationship. Come to me for sustenance. Not for what you can get out of me, but for who I am. And then the word of God says, taste and see that the Lord is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. In the, in the Bible Belt, right, we often uh, have these great Christian benefits, right? Culturally and all of these things. But we have to have a true relationship with Jesus. I can't have a relationship with Jesus for you. I remember when I was a youth pastor, um, I remember talking to our students and they wanted to read their Bible and pray and I thought it was awesome. And then every so often I'd say, well, why do you follow Jesus to a kid? And they're like, well, my grandma does. All right. Well, what about you? Well, my parents made me come to youth group. Right? True answers. But they did not yet have a relationship with Jesus for themselves. And that was part of my goal as a youth pastor, to say, listen, I love your grandparents, I love your parents, that's great. But at the end of the day, you need to experience Jesus for yourself. Right? Have you ever tried to explain to someone, you go on a vacation, you're like, oh, it was amazing. I don't know what vacation it may have been, Grand Canyon or Washington, D.C., and you try to tell them all about the places that you went. You show them the photos, but guess what? They still didn't experience it. They saw it. They heard about the idea. They need to go for themselves to experience it, don't they? Church, we need to go to Christ ourselves and experience his goodness and experience him. And I think a lot of times in our culture, even our Christian culture, we try to stay up with the pattern of our world. Well, this church over here is doing this, and that church is doing that, and now Christians, it's okay to, to think this way, and we should accept this type of sin. No. Look what Romans 12.2 says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. So Jesus wants to expose our motivations. Look, look what it says here, the next verse, verse 35. Everybody still with me? Good. It says this, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Everybody say life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You know how it is to be hungry. Right? Maybe not super hungry. But hungry enough to, to lower your standard to go to McDonald's, right? You know those days. You just lower the standards down. Because that's all we have. And if you're in Avon Park, you might lower your standards all the way down to Wendy's or Taco Bell. They turn the light out at Taco Bell when they don't want to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Taco Bell. Should be, they're going to go write it under the sign. 
I called them up one night. I said, it was like 7.30. I said, hey, your light's out. Yeah. I said, you don't want to work, do you? No. We just all need to buy that Taco Bell. We'd make a lot of money. Sorry. But you know how it feels to be hungry, don't you? And to lower your standards. Jesus is saying, partake of me and you will never spiritually be hungry again. Amen. I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundantly. Woo! And this is the definition that this crowd just doesn't seem to understand. Jesus saying, I'm not, I haven't come to bring bread, I've come to be the bread. I've not come to improve your life. Make every day a Friday. If you know the book, you know what I'm talking about. He hasn't come to improve your life. I've come to be your life. Church, you're like, man, he's getting way too extreme for me. I thought we were just coming here for like a motivational talk. Sorry, not the right church. I've, I've, he's saying, I'm not come to improve your life. I've come to be your life. Jesus is both the means and the meaning of life. Verse 35 says, whoever comes to me, Jesus is saying, all you need is me. I am who you've been looking for. You've been searching all over for everything, to whatever, to fill that spiritual hunger. The only person being is the creator who can fill that void. I am life. I am the bread of life. And you know what's sad? The crowd is sad and says, really, no. Jesus was asking for their belief. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So the last one, Jesus exposes theirs or our unbelief. It looks spelled wrong, but it looks like it's spelled wrong, but it's not. He drew a line in the sand, didn't he? Remember in Hook, Rufio or Peter Pan just does this? He drew a line in the sand, and they walked away. Look what it says in verse 36. John 6, 36 says, says, But as, as I told you, you have seen me, and you still do not believe. Right? They're like, they were asking for a sign still. The guy just gave the, just like took a couple loaves of bread and some fish and distributed it to 15,000 people, 5,000 men. And they still don't believe and they're still asking for a sign. Come on, people. But guess what? We do the same thing. God makes a way here. He makes a way here. God takes care of us in this storm. We make it through that hurricane. And yet, where is our belief? Do we believe? In this conversation, Jesus had been doing his ministry for two years, and a lot of these people had been walking or at least hearing about him. And so they're like, well, we've got to show up. He's going to do a message again. 
They wanted Jesus to be the meal ticket. Wanted him to be a politician. Wanted him to take over. And you know what, church? We can also be like this group of people. We can miss it. Because we're looking at the next shiny thing. Whether it be a person, whatever that might be. And then we think about Jesus in this way. On the night before the cross, he is also the bread that was broken for us. Other breads will break you. This is the only bread that will break for you. And he already did it 2,000 years ago on the cross at Calvary. He is saying, I am the one you're looking for. I am the bread of life. I was the only bread that would break for you. I am enough for you. I love how the disciples, and this is where I'm going to close, I love how the disciples uh, were impacted by this. How well, they're, they're different than the crowd. In John 6, later in the chapter, verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back. Not the 12, but other disciples, other followers, turned back and no longer followed him. Because it was too much for them. I don't know if we can believe in this guy. He said, we got to believe? Verse 67 says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Asked the twelve. He asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Church, to who else will we go? To who else would fill us? To who else is the bread of life. To who else do we have our fill? Have you come to believe? Have you come to know that he is the Holy One of God? I'll stand for a moment before we leave today. Can I challenge you today? God gives bread to those who are hungry. Jesus will never show up and be like, hey, hey, I got a shipment for you. No, no, you, you, you got to believe. Then he'll give you that bread, the bread of life. Number two, only God's bread can give you everlasting life. Remember the, remember the rope? I think I got it over here. Remember this thing from last week? Only God's bread can give you everlasting life. And we must partake 
and we must accept, we must believe that he is the bread of life to have that. Amen. So today, that's my challenge for you. Do you believe? Do you believe that he is the Holy One of God? Will you partake? Will, you, will we stop saying, oh, I know all these facts about Jesus. This is why I'm a Christian. Or say, I believe in Jesus. I have a relationship with him. And if you don't yet, that's okay. Now is the moment. Now is the time to say, Lord, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to wake up in the morning and not go directly to Facebook or Insta story, Instagram, Twitter. Right? Even if Elon owns it eventually. I want to go directly to you. The bread of life. Amen. Can we pray today? Lord, thank you that we can come into your presence. Lord, thank you that that we can have life and eternal life in you. Lord, I know today some of us are having a hard time, having a hard week, hard month, hard year. But part of that might just be, God, that we aren't putting all of our trust and hope in you. That we aren't allowing you to come in and take over. We're not making you Lord over our life. And so, God, today I, I pray that you be Lord over every aspect of my life. My finances, my marriage, my children, my home the ministry that I'm allowed to do. Lord, I, I pray that you become Lord over all of it. And I pray that the same thing for those who are in the room and watching online today. The God that we would make you Lord over all of it. Head, King, Savior, in Jesus' name. And the church said, come on, we, we could say amen a little bit more passionate. Come on, church, we celebrate today. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Amen.